Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Hey, first time ever, all ladies announcement team, right? Yeah, all right, all right. And hey, trust me, where's Tony? Winging it's the best, isn't it? That's the best way to do it. I love it. So... Hey everybody, my name is Matt and uh, Matt LaFree and I am one of the leaders here. Yeah. Two people, two people clapped. One of them was not my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a pause, some more kind of skinny. Um, I'm one of the leaders here at Lighthouse and um, again, I'm, I'm very honored to be up here to give the message to you tonight. Um, If you've been with us the last few weeks, we are in a series called Optimistic Outlook, Encouraging Words for a New Church. Um, And we've been walking through the book of Philippians. And last week, Clint talked about standing out in this world. He had a couple points that says, we can stand out in our world when we give up our rights and when we hold on to the truth. And so if you've missed um, those messages, you you can find those at lighthousevineyard.church. I do that all the time too. I want to say the other one so bad. Lighthousevineyard.church. You can go on there and those messages from last week and also throughout this um, message series are on there so you can listen to those. And they're also, I believe, on Spotify. So you can just search it on Spotify, which means I'm going to be on Spotify, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is a bucket list. I'm on Spotify. I always thought I would make Spotify because of my voice and not because, but whatever. It doesn't count. So, Um, But anyway, tonight we're going to continue with this series. I'm looking at Paul's letter um, to Philippi. We're going to specifically look at the end of chapter two and beginning of chapter three. So if you want to look ahead, you can turn there and your Bibles will be there in a minute. Um, But to start, we're going to start by talking about the Waltons. The Waltons. How many people, when I said the Waltons, that's what they picture, right? Good night, Jim Bob. Right, what's the other one? Good night, John Boy. And then is Jim Bob the one that's always asleep? I just never really watched it. They're like, yeah, Jim Bob, Jim Bob. And then he kind of like wakes up, right? I don't know. I I didn't really ever watch the show. It was a little bit before my time. But that's still what I, when you hear the Waltons, I think of the family, the Waltons, the TV show. But that's not who we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about this guy. Does anybody know who that is? There's one, a couple of you, I heard it. That is Sam Walton. Sam Walton is the founder of Walmart. Um, Get it? Walmart, Walton, Sam Walton, Sam's Club. So that is the founder of Walmart. And I get into um, the history of like business and stuff. I look them up online, kind of research. My wife thinks I'm kind of weird when I do that, um, but I enjoy doing that. So anyway, Walton's, Walmart, started as Walton's Five and Dime Store down in Arkansas. And um, it grew from there into Walmart. As it grew, right, it obviously made millions and then billions of dollars, and Sam Walton became enormously rich, like ridiculously rich, um, because of the growth of the, of the company. He earned billions and billions of dollars. Um, well, in 1992, Sam died, 
Um, in 2007, his wife, Helen, she died. So all this money that was, that was um, worked for and raised through Walmart had to go somewhere. Well, where did it go? It went to his children. And I looked this up. Um, this is fairly accurate. I looked several places. This is fairly accurate. You can see there. So this is the net worth of some of the heirs of Sam Walton. So the first three, Jim, Sybil, and Alice, those are direct children of his. Those are Sam and um, Helen's children, worth almost $50 billion, right? Um, Lucas, that is a grandchild. So a grandchild is worth $15.5 billion. Um, Christy Walton is um, the widow. It's like a daughter-in-law. So the, Sam had four kids and one of them died, but Christy, so she's worth $6.7 billion. The bottom two, Ann and Nancy there, they are actually nieces of Sam. Um, a little, in fact, Sam started with his brother, Bud. They started Walmart, and then Bud kind of got out of the business a little bit early. But Walmart is so big and worth so much money that even the nieces, as he got out earlier, are worth, what, you know, six and a half and five and a half billion dollars. So they get all this money. We, we total this all up, just this, and there's probably more inheritance out there. That totals up to almost $180 billion, $180 billion that the heirs of Walmart inherited. They inherited that money simply by being part of the Walton family. They were born into that family, and so they got that money. And so has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Anybody inherit billions of dollars? Yeah, I can tell you, good, good, that's good. Um, but even on a smaller scale, right? Has anyone ever inherited something, whether it's monetary or, or an heirloom? You've inherited things for being in that family. I have not inherited billions of dollars. I think it's because my parents are still around. When they die, I'll probably, I'll probably become a billionaire, I think, at that point. But, um, but I inherited little things. I remember uh, when I was in college, uh, my grandmother died, um, and I inherited a little bit of money um, from her, by little, I mean hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars, um, from her, I said when I was in college, so wisely I took that inheritance money and I invested it right back into my education by buying a Nintendo 64 <laughs> with that money. Uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess it's been a couple months ago now when I was last up here, kind of told you my story. Uh, we inherited part of a house, we had to buy that, but um, we were able to get like the family deal. Well, that family deal becomes from an inheritance that we got. Um, next summer, I had an aunt that just passed away a month ago or so, and there was some money that came into the family for that. So next summer, we are actually going to go on vacation with that money. And I, and I say these things not to brag to you, not to say I'll get it. It's, I get those things simply because of the family that I was born into, that inheritance we get those things. If you have inherited something, you get that for being born into the family that you were born into. And so spiritually, it's the same way. As Christians, we get an inheritance from God. We get an inheritance 
from being born into God's family. There's a couple of scriptures that will come up. One's from Hebrews 1.14. It says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So we get to inherit that salvation from God, salvation being Jesus. We get to inherit Jesus just by simply being in God's family. And it even says in there, right, we get angels and spirit, like we get, we get to inherit, that's something we get, to, we get to enjoy now. And it's all just being in God's family. John 3, 3, we talk about being born into a family, right? Jesus said this in John 3, 3, said, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And so we get to be born into God's family. Now here's the difference between fleshy, I'll call it flesh inheritance, right? Earthly inheritance, like the Walmart's money or my Nintendo 64. The difference between that and a spiritual inheritance is we get to choose to be born into God's family. I didn't get to choose to be born to, to my parents, but I get to choose to be born into God's family. And that's huge. So as we start, we, as I go through my message, I, I want to, right, the, the salvation, that should be enough. I should be able to go sit down and say, we get to be born into God's family through Jesus. That should be enough. I can go and I can sit down and we'd be done, right? But Clint gave me a half an hour, so I'm going to use that half an hour, right? <laughs> but seriously, um, there is more. So, so that's what salvation, we get to inherit it. But there are things, and, in, and when, we, when we're going through the book of Philippians, there are things that Paul um, taught on the value of the inheritance. And that's what we're gonna teach on tonight. The, the value of the inheritance that we get from God. And again, we are going to be in Philippians 2 and 3. And in this, this is a, um, a scripture, is a letter from Paul to the, to the new church of Philippi. And it's going to talk about um, the different values of it. And so it's a longer scripture um, I'm gonna go ahead and read it and then we'll take a couple chunks uh, from the ending scripture here. So we are going to be in 219 to start. It'll come up on the board if you're like me and you just watch the, the screen because that's what I do every time. I even have my Bible here, but I'm gonna read. These words are a little bit bigger, so I'm gonna read it off of there. So Philippians 219 says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. 
So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor, or with great joy, and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that yourselves could not give me. So I'll pause there. You can kind of see little pieces of inheritance coming there. See, Paul's writing this. More than likely, Paul's in jail as he's writing this letter. And so he's talking about sending Timothy and Epaphroditus, if I'm saying that right. Um, He's talking about sending them. He's like, he even says, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. So he's already talking about this inheritance. I'm gonna give you things. So Paul's talking about um, giving inheritance already. So we're gonna move on uh, to chapter three and we'll get the bulk of, of what we take tonight from this. So in chapter three, verse one, it says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless, faultless. And here's where, we're, again, where we get a lot of what, we, what we're gonna talk about tonight. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for those are for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And so again, we're gonna look at this in this, this inheritance of Christ and the value of that inheritance We're gonna take a few things. There's a couple things that I was reading through this scripture that I pulled out of there and I wanna share those with you tonight. Um, So we'll get there, but first let me pray. So God, we just first say thank you. Thank you for your, for giving your son as an inheritance. And God, I joked about it before that that should be enough and it is enough but we know that there's a, there's a bigger spectrum. So, so we just ask that you um, speak to us tonight on that, God. Use, use what, um, what Paul spoke and use me to speak that to this church. I pray this a lot, God, but get me out of the way and let your word um, be crystal clear tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, a couple things you write down. The first one is this. Our inheritance from God is super duper valuable. Super duper valuable. And I kind of joked with the word super duper valuable. I, I really tried to find an adjective that would give justice 
to the actual value of Jesus, and I couldn't find one. There really isn't one. Uh, I almost wrote in there priceless. It's super duty. You can say it's priceless. Um, but here's where I took it from. In verse eight, it says, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And so that section, that talks about the worth. Everything else is just garbage. It's, it's right, the, the worth of Jesus is so much more than everything else. And that, that section comes right after, right after Paul kind of described himself. You remember that? We're gonna look at that. Paul describes himself in verses five and six. Um, and this kind of helps, we get a picture of what Paul was. So in verses five and six, it said that he was circumcised on the eighth day. That means he was a free man. Back then, that's a really big deal. He has a lot more freedom than a lot of other people. That's a big deal. He's saying, yeah, that's, that's important to me. That's important. Where it says Hebrew of Hebrews. That means he's kind of a big wheel, right? He's a big deal. He's saying, yeah, I was a big deal. A Pharisee, a high-powered official or what we would consider a politician or something, a high-powered politician in these days. Then it says faultless, according to the law, he was faultless. If we think about that today, I think of like a, a celebrity, somebody in, who's, who's um, in our flesh and we kind of worship them because of what they do, right? And that's what, that's what that kind of, the way I translated that, where he, in, the, in the law, he was faultless. But the bottom line is, is he's, he's a big deal. That's what he's describing. He's saying, hey, if anybody else has a reason for the flesh, I do. I was a big deal. And he's right. He was a big deal. And so if you think of a big deal back then, he probably has, there are probably things that come with that. There's wealth that comes with that. I'm sure he lived in a, a pretty nice castle or house, whatever he lived in, right? Um, he probably rode a nice chariot, Right, I think Mercedes-Benz translates to golden chariot, I think. I'm just kidding, it doesn't. But, but, but the, the, the thing is, he had all these things. Because he was a big deal, because he, he had wealth, he had um, all this stuff. And what does Paul tell us from that? He says, I had all these things, but I considered them nothing compared to Jesus. I considered all of that garbage compared to Christ. And even in the Greek, sometimes garbage gets translated to dung or poop. So he's, it's right, so he's saying that like, it's all garbage. That's how low, it, it, all this stuff that I have, I consider it nothing compared to Jesus. And so we're gonna play a game. We're gonna go back to the Waltons, not the TV Waltons, but the rich Waltons. Um, pretend you have their money. Pretend you have that 48 point whatever million dollars. Okay, and you really have to do this game. We've all done this. We've all played this game before. I've played it with the lottery and all this stuff. Like, oh, if I win the lottery, this is what I'm gonna do. So picture this. So you have all this money. You have $50 billion. What would you do with it? What would you buy? Outside of the Christian answer of like, well, I'll give it to the church and I'll buy it because I do that too. But what would you buy? Where would you go? Think about that. Get, get visions in your head of what you would do with that. What kind of house would you live in? What kind of car would you be driving? Just think about that. Get those images in your head right now. 
kind of toys would you buy? I probably have a dune buggy. I don't know why I said dune buggy. <laughs> There's a picture I got. Picturing something? Now, can, now what you're picturing, picture that to be garbage compared to the value of Christ. That that is nothing. That how awesome that is? Because when I was thinking about those things, there was a, an image where I was sitting by this really nice pool that's sitting outside of my house, right? I would have the pool with the slide and rock waterfall and the little like grotto that goes down in there. That would be really, really nice. But Jesus is so much better than that. That's what Paul is telling us. So when we say that, that the inheritance that we get, Jesus, is super duper valuable, that's how valuable it is. And here's what Paul's also saying. He's not saying that we have, okay, so, so here's the things we have of the flesh and here's Christ. Paul's not saying take all these things and lower them so Christ stands on a pedestal. He's saying all that stuff is nice, but Jesus is so much better up here. We're not saying you have to get rid of. Paul did, right? We know the story of, if you know the story of Paul, Paul was Saul and that's when he was all that stuff and he gave all that up for Jesus, but, but even if you don't, he's not saying push all this other stuff down. Don't make it garbage and leave Jesus here. He's saying, keep it right here and just put Jesus way up here because that's where he deserves to be. That is the super duper worth, the super duper value of our inheritance of Jesus. And so I got a question for you. Are you treating your faith as super duper valuable? Are you investing in it? Are you sharing it? Are you protecting it? If you, is your faith your prized possession? Because I start thinking about a prized possession. What you do? You want to show that off. You want to talk about it. You want to share that with other people. You want to protect it and take care of your prized possession. Made me think of this prized possession. So, um, and I thought of this this packing of a suitcase. Um, my wife and I, when we got married, we went to um, Mexico on our honeymoon. And we were down there, there was one little station, whatever, and there was this vase. And it, was, it wasn't even that big of a deal, but there was this, this vase, or if you're like me, you say vase, or no, I'm just kidding. Um, but this vase, and, and you got to paint the vase, and they put like a, a clear coat over it or whatever and kind of protected it. Well, we did that, and that, had, that was valuable to me because it was significant of kind of a representation of our honeymoon and the marriage and whatever. And so, but here's, here's where, when we were getting ready to go home, we're like, how do we get this home? It's this ceramic vase and we put it in a suitcase, it's gonna crack. So basically we took this prized possession, this thing that we thought, oh, this is valuable. And what we did is we started packing our suitcase with that. We put that in the suitcase and kind of packed things around it and under it to protect it because we didn't want it to break. And so I ask you then again, and for myself too, is that how we treat our faith? Do we put our, our, or do we put our faith in the suitcase first and then pack everything else in life around it? Or do we just throw it in the suitcase wherever it falls and not protect it? 
isn't my notes, because I sometimes don't protect my faith. That, that vase, that vase that we had, I was gonna bring it and show it, but I can't because it broke. Not in the suitcase. We had a cat that knocked it off the wall at one point <laughs> and so it shattered. But that's, a, that's an example, a perfect example of, that's not, if that's significant to us, we didn't protect it. And so are you treating your faith as a prized possession? Packing it first and packing everything else in our life around it. Because it's a prized possession. It's valuable. Jesus Christ is valuable. Super duper valuable. So that's the first point. The inheritance from God is super duper valuable. The second point you can write this in is our inheritance from God is free. It's free. In verses eight and nine from our scripture, chapter three, eight and nine, it says that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. So that part there, not having a righteousness of my own, that, that means it's something that I didn't, I didn't earn. I didn't have to do anything. It's not from me. It's free from God. And what do we have to do to earn that freedom? Here's the next part. It says, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So it's this free inheritance that we get from God and it's all about having faith in God. So we're gonna unpack this. This point, the rest of this time, we're gonna unpack what this means. What's this faith? So have faith in what? Have faith in Christ. Why Christ? There's a couple scriptures and you can find them all over. These are just two examples, right? In John three sixteen, it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So that's the faith. That's why Jesus, we have faith in Jesus, to believe in God's son. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Again, faith. Faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Let's look at the word faith even a little bit more. What does it mean? I looked it up in the Greek. And it's this word, pistis. Pistis. And it says faith, belief, trust, confidence, fidelity, faithfulness. To gain God's inheritance, all we do, all we need to do is believe and trust. Those two words stuck out to me. Believe in it, trust in it. Just believe and trust. There's nowhere in that, can you bring that back up? There's nowhere in there that says, understand it all, know it all, knowledge, none of that's in there. It's all about belief and trust. Because sometimes that, that part's hard for me because I feel like, oh, I have to understand it and I have to explain all this stuff. But that's not what God tells us to do. He said, just believe in it, just trust in it. I try to read my Bible regularly every day. I try to watch videos or listen to teachings, right? 
I read those like Christian books, right? Your Francis Chan type books. I, I read those. And sometimes those just, they confuse me even more. But then I go back to the basics and just say, just believe, just trust in it. Just have faith in it. Just have faith in my son. That's what God tells me. Because that's all we need. When I thought about this understanding and, and knowing it and, and why and how does it work, it made me think of um, back when I was in school, I think it was algebra class, we talked about pi. Not that kind of pi. 3.14 pi. You guys thought, you guys were thinking Thanksgiving pie, weren't you? I actually was. Hello. Well, my kids are doing this like pie fundraiser at school, so it's on my mind. But no, when you go back to algebra class and you think of pie, okay? Pie translates to 3.14, and it's, it's, it's you use pie, you use that number for things like area of a circle. I think I used it for um, like surface area of a cylinder, things like that. Okay, but here's the thing with pi. I had no idea what it meant. Not all I knew that pi was was 3.14. And even as I got older, there was a, if you get the scientific calculator, there's a button on there that hit, you hit pi and it just calculates it in for you. But does anybody know what pi actually is? Does anybody know what that is? I think there's somebody that are just being shy. I'll explain it to you. Pi 3.14 and it goes on, it's 3.14159, it goes on forever and ever and doesn't repeat itself. But anyway, that is the ratio of the circumference, the distance around a circle. You take whatever, you measure that, take that number, and you divide it by the diameter, the distance across the circle. And for every circle that you ever, if it's a true circle, for every circle, when you divide that out, circumference divided by diameter, you always get 3.14159 and so on, so on, so on, that's pi. You always get that. And again, I didn't know that. I went through algebra, trigonometry. I didn't quite make it to calculus. But anyway, I, I went through all that in high school without even knowing until I was in college of what pi actually was. But here's the point. Every time I plugged pi 3.14 into my calculator, it worked. I didn't know it. I didn't know the, the ratio thing. I just knew 3.14 and I put it in there. I pushed it in a button and it worked every time when I needed it to work for those formulas. And Jesus is the same way. We don't have to understand it all. We just have to trust it and believe it, have faith in it, and it works every single time. That's Jesus. That's the inheritance from God. And it's free. We don't have to understand it. We don't have to, to earn it. You can write this down. It says, we don't have to understand everything to have faith. We don't have to understand everything to have faith. Just trust it. We get to inherit it. Let's look at the word as we close here. I want to I look at a little closer at inheritance. 
right? Because we get to inherit. If we have faith, we do inherit the free gift from God. Something that is super duper valuable from God, we get to inherit that. And so let's look at inheritance. What really is inheritance? What really is it? Inheritance is really something we get that somebody else earned for us, right? If I go back, I'm gonna go back and talk about my Nintendo 64. Wish I still had that thing. <laughs> Sold it to buy a PlayStation. Anyway, but we have this, this inheritance, right? I got this money from my grandfather. My grandfather worked at Bremen Castings. It's a metal casting plant where they basically melt down metal, you know, and, and dump it into these, and make castings out of it. It's a job that was hot, hard work, dirty, and he worked there for years to earn money that I got to inherit. I didn't have to do that. To get that, that, to get that PlayStation 3 or the Nintendo 60, to get that, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to do any of that. I did not have to go into the castings plant one time. My grandfather did that so I could inherit it. And you know the thing? Jesus is the exact same way. We don't have to, to pay for anything. Jesus already did it. Jesus already did all that work for us. And when I think of, I think of a castings plant and I started getting sweat. Like that's nothing compared to what Jesus did on the cross. I don't have to do that. I don't have to go and get whipped and get beaten and pay that because Jesus already did it for me. He already did it for me. Why? So I could be born into his family. Man, that's super duper valuable. That is, that's all we gotta do. We have a little faith. We believe, we trust it. That's all we have to do. And we live in 2018 and there are gonna be plenty of people that, that try to persuade you away and they're gonna try to outsmart you because they do it to me and they think they can throw around all these terms, right? And make me doubt everything. That's great. I can, there's things that I can, I can, I don't say doubt's a strong word. There are things that I cannot understand, but I understand this, that Jesus died on that cross for me and you will never take that away from me. You'll never take that away from me. And it's free and it's super duper valuable. Thank you, Jesus. So as we close, I'm gonna call the worship team. They're gonna come back up. They're singing a song, I believe it's called Grace by Grace or something like that. Grace to Grace. Grace to grace. And I started thinking about that word of grace, right? The grace of Jesus. 
And that grace, that all, when I, what that means is that's just all the stuff we just talked about on that cross. That we can, that, that, that Jesus is so graceful to us that, and that he will give us his inheritance for absolutely free. And so as we sing this song, I just want us to, to think about that and think about the grace that Jesus gave to us when we really didn't deserve it. I go back, way back to the, the Waltons. I don't know them personally, but there are probably people that say, well, they didn't, who really deserves $48 billion? They may not have deserved it, but they got it. And we don't deserve it, but we get it. We get Jesus for absolutely free. So if you'd stand, I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna close um, and then Clint will come up and, and give us something that we're gonna pray about tonight. So Jesus, we, just, we come to you and we thank you right now for your grace. We thank you for your, your valuable gift. A gift that, that we, don't, we don't deserve it. We don't earn it. This is another worship song. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. But you give it to us anyway. When all we have to do is have faith in you. So God, just use this time as we talk about your grace. Just use this time to speak to us. God, if there is somebody in this room tonight that doesn't believe, that doesn't trust, I ask that you use this next three minutes or whatever it's gonna be, God, and speak to them. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.